Welcome back to the Connected Minds podcast, guys. Christian Yordanov here. Today we have two guests. They are the hosts of Spencer Serenade. They're Spencer and Dan. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is a huge opportunity for us. Um, we interviewed you last week for our podcast. Yeah. And we're getting good results, good feedback on that episode. So awesome. I'm very excited to see <clears throat> where this takes us, all yeah. of us. Um, yeah, dude, it was a lot of fun talking to you guys, man. And, um, you know, we, we covered a lot of really fun topics. And I'm actually going to well, obviously link to that episode under this episode for for our listeners. Um, and I'm going to cut out clips to that, maybe post it here. People can, you know, get a taste for the conversation. I'm sure they will enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that. So, so tell the listeners a bit about yourselves, guys, and and you know about the, the kind of research you're doing for your podcast, the topics you cover, and all that good stuff. You want me to take it? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So I'm Spencer for the listeners, um, host of Spencer Serenade. This is my co-host Danny. Uh, we started our podcast September 2022, and have been going ever since. We're almost at 40 episodes now. So now's the time to get into it if you if you haven't found us yet uh get into it we have a nice backlog of episodes you can catch up on but the whole premise of the show you know uh <clears throat> listening to mark steves from the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast and his story about him just being a delivery driver and other odd jobs listening to podcasts all day and, and gaining all this knowledge but having no one to really share it with uh, hence the name of his show, My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. You know, everybody he shared it with is like, oh, dude, you're off the wall. And I was in the same boat. Um, Danny and I both kind of been on this journey together. You know, the initiation or the awakening, whatever you want to consider it or call it, it's it's been realizing what the world actually is behind the scenes, you know, what, what the media puts out isn't what actually is going on. So we, we went on this journey together, growing together, sharing information back and forth. Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? So we have all this knowledge in our brains and, and nobody to really share it with, but ourselves. And we needed a platform to put it out on. Um, so one thing, one big thing for both of us is we went through the the conspiracy rabbit holes all the way down, we almost both became blackpilled at some point and had to break out of that. So we wanted to start a show talking about the we we incorporate conspiracies, but not as much. It's more the hidden knowledge to benefit your life. So that that's the esoteric side of our our podcast. And if you go on our feed, you'll notice it's esoteric and solutions. So the solution side, we wanted to just go about and try and help people where it's, you're struggling with this. Okay. Depression. Well, let's break that down into what are the causes? What can you do about it? You know, what, what does mainstream say this is? What does mainstream say you need for this? And we give alternate options and, um, exercises to correct those sorts of things than the mainstream gives, because most of the time with the mainstream, it's, here's a pill. Um, if this doesn't help, we'll give you another pill. If this causes side effects, we'll give you a pill for those side effects. Yeah. So we wanted to try and break that stigma of finding help outside of that because everybody, 
or most people have been so indoctrinated by the medical system, the pharmaceutical system, to believe that a pill is the answer to everything. It's a diet pill. It's a depression pill, an anxiety pill. You name it, there's a pill out there or a drug out there to, you know, quote unquote, correct it. And what I've found through personal experience um, with me taking those sorts of pills and friends taking those sorts of pills, it just doesn't work. It never works. There's always something, like I said, if you get a side effect from that, we got another pill for that. Uh, but most of the time, it's just not, it's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, as people say. It doesn't solve the problem. So that's where we come in and we dive into solutions like, okay, depression. All right. What happened in your childhood? What's that story? Okay. Now, how have you dealt with that to actually help yourself? You know, the shadow work, we bring up shadow work constantly on the show because it's such a huge part of anybody's awakening journey to get to this point of, I don't even want to say enlightenment or nirvana, but just getting to this point of bettering your life rather than, uh, like I said earlier, putting a bandaid on a bullet hole. Uh, it's like, if you don't deal with this trauma that's causing this depression or this anxiety, this whatever ailment you might be suffering from, if you don't deal with that trauma, it will never heal. Uh, so we take a look at it from that aspect and tie in as much esoteric knowledge as possible, whether that's religious doctrine or just uh, something like Pat Mahan, what he does where it's it's life coaching, but on an elevated level. It's such a high vibration of life coaching that I don't, there needs to be a new term for it. Uh, almost something like uh, Heather Thomas's spiritual awakening mentorships. So that's almost what I would consider it is, is we're kind of an introductory level podcast of that awakening journey. Okay. If you, you're coming to us through a conspiracy lens, let's talk about some of those conspiracies, but let's talk about why they're happening, what the esoteric, the occult symbolisms and meanings are behind it and break it down why they're doing it this way, whether, whether it's a false flag, you know, 9-11 type of situation or a shooting, whatever it is, let's break it down. Let's see the symbolism, look at how it's more of a, a mass ritual of some sort and how you can break that spell for yourself and then break that spell for your friends and family whenever they come around to that point of awakening. So that's kind of the... Uh, story, the journey we've been on over the past almost year now, um, you know, a couple, and how did you get months and, into this esoteric stuff and what sort of was your nine 11 or your JFK, whatever moment? Um, so for me, for me, a big one was Santa Claus, uh, and just realizing that this entire group of people adults is lying to me about this one thing and then the tooth fairy and the easter bunny and it's it really made me question at an early age what why are people lying about this sort of thing and uh same with religion so you know santa claus easter bunny uh tooth fairy religion being pushed down my throat by my grandmother bless her heart i love her to death uh but the the religious indoctrination she was yeah. trying to push was it really made me 
buck against the system saying, well, this, this can't possibly be true what you're telling me because full disclosure, I didn't have the greatest childhood. It wasn't the worst. Um, people definitely had it way worse than me out there, but it was something that made me question. It's like, okay, this benevolent, all loving God is said to punish those who sin, but I'm just a kid. I haven't sinned. I'm being punished. Why is that? Uh, so those were the two major things. And then a couple little things here and there, but that, that was kind of my aha moment. And I was in and out of, uh, initiation or awakeness throughout my life in different periods. It's like, you know, I wake up to this and then it's like, ah, I can't do anything to fight it. I I didn't have the skills, the knowledge or the tools to fight it. So I was just like, I'll just recede back in the, the Homer Simpson meme where he recedes (laughs) back into the bush. (laughs) So that was kind of me growing up. It's like, yeah, I'd be awakened for a little bit and then I'd recede back and then I'd see something else. And then it really hit hard in college, uh, pursuing a teaching degree and just seeing full force what the indoctrination is in the school systems. And so I was going to be an elementary teacher, special education teacher, and it the curriculum they're shoving down your throat to shove down the kids' throats is insane. I mean, it is absolute insanity what it is. And I, I bucked against that pretty hard and ended up to uh, just pulling back from pursuing that just because I couldn't bring myself to, to teach that. And there, there's nowhere I could really go. I mean, there are places, but it, it was same thing, just a little different. But there's mm-hmm. nowhere I could go where I could have true freedom on teaching. It's like you have to follow this curriculum. Otherwise you're reprimanded some way, shape or form. Mm. So that's kind of my story on that. For, yeah, for we'll me, so, we'll circle no, back to that. Danny, what about yourself, bro? Uh, for me, um, I would say dinosaurs. I kind of never <laughs> believed that dinosaurs were real. You never I never did. Not, no, I, I kind of viewed them as, of dinosaurs in my room as a kid. Dude. Well, I, I liked them and stuff, but in my head, I kind of just thought they were the same as like, uh, like Bigfoot or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> Which now I would believe in Bigfoot more than dinosaurs, yeah. honestly. But Likewise. but uh, yeah, that was. And then my dad also, he he would never like fully say anything, but he just when I got a little older, maybe like ten, he'd be like, "Oh, nine eleven is kind of weird, huh? Like it was weird." And then he he mentioned like the Book of Enoch, and oh, wow, uh, your stuff dad like that. mentioned the Book of Enoch. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yep. But he never would like go into it. He'd just be like, "Oh, like he'd just kind of pepper in some things, and then I'd look into it." And yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's amazing, bro. I'm going to be that kind of dad, you know, like, um, you know, my kid's going to be like four or whatever. And then, you know, I'm going to be like, oh, here's the I Ching, you know, (laughs) 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 figure that one out. There's no pictures, but, you know, I can read it too. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's awesome. It's so, um, Danny, you have one or how many kids do you have? I have two kids now. My daughter was just born in uh, February. Nice. Spencer? Just one. Just one? He's like six or eight months, was it? Uh, he's actually, in six days, he'll be a year old. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, so you're both yeah. parents. You know, actually, this is a good topic to to, to, to develop further. You know, the, um, the teaching system. I mean, we don't necessarily have to 
tread over the same ground as you know common we know common core and its sponsors and um th- how stupid it is <clears throat> you know teaching kids that two two and two can equal five equal five if you show your work and you know yeah you know i think most people most people listening to us probably know that's a lot of bollocks but maybe you can tell me so what sort of disenchanted you with the training you were receiving to become a special education elementary teacher yeah so i mean there there was there's so many things that stick out uh number one uh just through my journey questioning the school system and how valid it was in the first place and then getting to college and realizing like it's a load of bullocks i mean it's a it's a money scam but the the training courses to become a teacher, you know, the curriculum that they're trying to teach you to teach the kids is, uh, you know, f- math, for example, there's, there's eight different ways to solve this one problem. There's, you know, multiplication, there's eight different ways that you can show a kid to learn. And I totally am on board with showing different ways because not every one thing works for every kid. They, you know, something else might click better with them. So I was on board with that. But the way that they're showing is they were very complex ways. And it was hard for even college students to comprehend like, okay, how is this even working? Why, how am I going to show a fourth grader how this works? It, It makes no sense to me. So I can't even explain it to them. When you go on YouTube and you look up, oh, here's three simple ways to solve this equation. Boom, boom, boom. And it makes a hell of a lot more sense than what they're trying to shove down kids' throats. And what, so just what do you that, think that is? Do you think it's just to confuse them from an early age or what? What do you think the reasoning is? In my opinion, uh, and we discussed this a little bit when you were on our show, it's more to turn kids off to these skills. Because math is such a fun, it can be such a fun and practical skill. Same with reading and writing. But we're force-fed this bullshit. And I think it's just to turn us off from it so we don't develop these skills. Because they are super practical skills and they will help you more than excel in life if you are proficient at basic and advanced arithmetic, uh, algebra, geometry, you know, Getting past those levels, you get into more specific fields, which is literally just if you wanted to go into math, you know, pre-calculus type of classes. Uh, Same with reading, though. I mean, it's it's forced down your throat. You will read this. You will write a paper on this instead of, okay, read this, and I want to know your outlook on it, how it affected you, how it impacted you, what emotions were you feeling? Instead of like, oh, what was the author trying to convey? And if it's not along these lines that the curriculum says, the standard says that you're supposed to get this message from, then you fail. So in my opinion, it's it's mostly just to turn people, kids off from these developing these skills and enjoying these skills, becoming proficient in them. Because it, like I said, they're they're huge benefit in life. If you are proficient in these skills, you will go super far. There's not a job that wouldn't hire you. There's not a person on the planet that wouldn't think you're intelligent if you can 
solve this equation quickly because you know a basic way, whereas the school system taught you this super, super complex way. And yeah, you might be able to come out with the right answer. You might not, but this basic way breaks it down to its simplistic terms and how, how it should be taught because math, math shouldn't be as hard as everybody makes it out to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a struggle for most people to do very basic things in math. Uh, you know, for example, the other day at work, I had this, this lady I was working with and, and she is doing these calculations and she's on Google and she says one sixteenth as a decimal. And that's a super, super basic skill, basic know-how to convert that to a, a fraction. Even if you don't know how to do it in your head, it's super basic on a calculator. One divided by 16. And she had no clue, absolutely no clue how to do that. Wait, so she's one Googling divided it. by 16. And what yeah. if I want to find what's one eighth? One divided by eight. Okay. It's the same oh, with yeah, all Slow down, slow ones. down. And one, Sorry. one fourth? Same thing, one divided by four. Fuck, bro. And you're saying there's, this is a formula of some kind? No, it's I'm just... I'm fucking with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write them all down, have them handy in my little back pocket, you know? Oh, well, I'll just tell you. <laughs> 0.25 is one-fourth. 0.125 is one-eighth. One-sixteenth is 0.0625. It's crazy, bro, that kids, like, e even adults, adults, dude, don't know this shit that we used to know as kids. Yes, you know, exactly. You were born in the 80s. And I think I think a lot of it has to do with these. Mm -hmm. Everything we need is very convenient. It's on here. We've lost the ability to do a lot of things because of convenience. Yeah. Uh, and I I totally understand it. Like it is super convenient. Uh, a lot of those fraction calculations I can't do in my head. I use a calculator for yeah. it. But if I spent the time, then I definitely could. And uh, I forgot who who said this, but they they were talking about technology and how it has basically devolved us to a point where we've lost basic skills. Like uh, he brought up the example of map reading. Everybody used to know how to read a map. That's how you traveled. You didn't have Google Maps. You didn't have yeah, Apple yeah. Maps, anything like that. It was you're looking at this map. All right, we're going down this road northbound. And then our exit is going to be eastbound in, it look, you know, use the scale on the map, uh, yeah. 25 miles. So we yeah. just got to look for this exit, blah, blah, blah. Nobody can do that anymore. And it's a, Amen. realistically, it should be a basic thing. I mean, they, yeah. they kind of brushed on it in elementary school, like how to read a map, how to use the scale, like what you're looking for, the different types of maps. But it wasn't a huge thing because they knew the technology was making it convenient. And when I was in elementary, they map quest started becoming a bigger thing. Yeah, yeah. So then it wasn't even, you didn't even have to have the map. Like you just go on your computer, look it up, print out the sheet. It tells you, all right, you're going to travel to this exit. It's like five miles away from this one and then take a right, take a left, whatever. So it, yeah, I think we've, I, I agree with I wish I remembered the guy's name who was saying this, but I agree with him. We've devolved because of technology. Uh, yeah. And especially talking about kids, it's they're not developing these skills. I mean, there's kids <clears throat> after the pandemic, third, fourth grade kids that can't read or write because they've done everything 
on a, a, a computer, a Zoom meeting. They can type. Uh, they can use text to speech or you know text lookup or, yeah. or speech lookup, anything like that. But they can't read or write, Bro. and it, it's just insane to me. And they're they're, I don't know. It seems like it's on purpose. It seems the intentional dumbing down of society to create a more docile oh yeah um, population to control. I think so. And then you just. You just look at what whatever media you're consuming, and then you pick a choice of who to vote for, or what to buy, and you just click, tap, tap, consume, 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 and everyone is we're uh, uh, everyone's being bred to be a consumer, you know, just consuming things, and like to make very basic, almost sometimes binary choices about your life, you know. Are yes. You, are you with us or against us? Are you, yeah, yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Yeah. Yeah, we had this conversation last night. Uh, we recorded two episodes for our show. Um, the the society we live in right now is, is breeding, is purposefully breeding narcissists, sociopaths, and capitalistic consumers. That's all they want it to be is you don't have basic skills. So you need to go work this job that requires basic skills. And then you don't, you can't, you're so indoctrinated to believe that happiness comes from objects and things outside of yourself rather than just working on your traumas. Like I mentioned earlier, correcting those traumas and and becoming truly happy. It's like, Oh, if I can only buy this car, if I can only buy this laptop or you know, whatever the case may be, whatever somebody is seeking for their happiness, it's never going to work. It's you hear countless stories and people just kind of disregard them. Uh, but you hear countless stories of people making it to the top. They get all this money. They have everything that life or society says you should have to be happy. They got the the trophy wife. They got the kids. They got the big house. the The nice cars. Uh, they got the the backyard pool. Everything like that. And there's still a void in them. A lot of these stories you hear, you know, because it's a suicide. You hear mm-hmm. about it because oh, this this celebrity. They got mm-hmm. everything they wanted, and they're still depressed. There's still something missing in their life, and they they ended up killing themselves. And it's super super sad because it's not their fault. It's the way society is set up and it, I will die on this hill that all of this is being done on purpose to dumb us down to, uh, you know, take these skills from us, reap these benefits that we provide to society without returning the benefits back to us. You know, in a, in an idealistic society, it's, you get out what you put in. And so if you're putting out good work, whatever you're doing, then society should pay you back for that. But it's it's not even the case anymore because here in the US, uh, social, social security going downhill. I mean, it's going to tank. There's people that aren't even going to be able to retire. Uh, 401ks aren't even trustworthy anymore because the monetary system is so shish kebabbed and they're, they're draining the, the value of our dollar. And there's yeah. countries around the world now that aren't even using it as the standard anymore because it's so shit it's so far down the toilet that there's no saving it they're they're going back to gold or a ruble or something else besides the u.s dollar 
And that's a sad thing because uh, my dad, for example, he's worked 32 years at the same company and it's been a rough 32 years for him because aluminum. of aluminum. Yes. The aluminum foundry. So mm-hmm. it's been rough on his health. It's been rough on his mental health because the political bullshit that goes on at the shop and the drama and the, the negligence that he sees day to day, it, it takes, it's been taking a toll on him mm. and he's worked so hard for it. And his retirement reached over a million dollars. His 401k reached oh. over a million dollars a year and a half ago. So he's like, man, I'm, I'm so excited to retire now. And I'm like, dude, you need to, you got to be careful of that. You got to, you got to keep watching where the dollar is going because I don't want you to have worked 32 years of your life, hard work, Quite hard nothing, labor yeah. for it to just be gone one day because the banks shut down. And is he the, able to get it out now? Mm, I think he could for a hefty fat uh, hefty tax, tax fee. Yeah. How old is it? 56 or something? You can get it out tax free? Something like that. Uh, I thought it was older Maybe than it's that. 62. I think it's 62. Yeah. 62 or 65 before he can pull it out. And he uh, just turned 54. So what about the Patriot Gold Group? You heard of those guys? Yes. Yeah. Um, the, them and then uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Yeah. I mentioned that to him. But yeah, I, I've been I've been on him about, you know, you can't. You can't trust that. You I have mean, the dollar's already lost like what, 25, 50% of its purchasing, purchasing power since the stimulus started yeah. in 2020. So at this point, if, if, if a person hasn't got the, gotten the message, I mean, are they gonna, you know? And that, yeah, that's something that personally I've been super aware of. And, and you know, I have people on me, you need to start saving, you need to start saving. And it's like, are you not paying attention? to what is going on, yeah. I'd rather put my money into myself, develop mm-hmm. skills, develop communication with people uh, and, and get real life practical experience on things that matter when the monetary system crashes. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to eat gold or silver. And I, I totally am on board with getting something tangible to keep its value that's going to yeah. hold its value. But in my eyes, I, I think skills are the most valuable. Developing a community of people with similar mindset, uh, similar skills. That way, if everything does take a shit, you know, I know how to live off the land. I know how to hunt. I know how to fish. I know how to garden. Um, I know how to build a shelter when I need to build a shelter. Just basic skills, because they are basic skills. And they used to be super common amongst everybody, but we've been so devolved to the point where we don't even know how to do that anymore. We don't know how to garden. We don't know how to hunt. We don't know how to fish. And it's basic skills of living off the land. People did it for, I want to say, however old humanity actually is. 6,000 years. Well, that's what they claim. (laughs) Depending on what you believe, um, historically speaking, it could be 15,000. It could be 24,000. It could be 100,000 years old. I know there's ancient, or not ancient tribes, but tribes now that existed in ancient times that have stories and myths dating back amongst their people of 100,000 years. So, you know, it's, it's all dependent on what you believe, what kind of research or... Uh, information you get fed yeah 
but I, that's, that's just my take on it where, like I said, I, I totally understand you want to have something tangible, buy gold, buy silver and have that tangible object, but develop skills, you know, learn how to live wild. Essentially, I should, you know, I'll tell you, we, we are so domesticated that like, dude, I'm going to the beach yesterday or was it yeah yesterday and i'm walking barefoot and then i have to cross like this boardwalk between two parts of the same freaking beach and walking on wood i'm like ah, like a little girl bro <laughs> my kid is like walking like no 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 bother and like how the sort of domesticated and detrained we are from being like walking barefoot on like on rough rough sur- like i remember when i was in south africa uh, apparently there was a story about Shaka Zulu, you know, the great chief, yeah. the revered chief, that he would, uh, one of the reasons why the Zulus became such fierce warriors and they did, you know, expanded the, the influence of the tribe and all that stuff was that he he had specific ways he would train his soldiers. And one thing, uh, so they, they, they would wear these sandals like that, um, you know, just primitive sandals that you tie around uh, some part of the foot. And he, he thought that those really slowed them down and impeded the, the, you know, the maneuvers and whatever else. So he would said he would strengthen their feet by making them stamp, you know, those kind of big round thorns. He would mm-hmm. make them stamp those into the ground with their bare feet. And anybody that pussied out got killed. Oh, my God. Bro. <laughs> That's it. That's how. Yeah. So, like, I think we're a little, a little bit tougher, even 100 even 50 years ago, even 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, like we were tough, 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 tough. Yeah, tough I totally agree. Every time that we go out disc golfing now, when it's nice enough and if the course is well kept and there's not glass to worry about, I take my shoes off. I try to go barefoot. Yeah. That way I'm walking on the grass, I'm walking on the yeah. concrete or the little gravel patches, whatever. Yeah. But just to try and get that that toughness back in my feet, Yes. Because it, you are right. We, our feet have something as simple as that. Like our feet have become so sensitive because we're always on shoes, padded yeah. shoes. You got rubber yeah. padding and then you got the air cushion that's in your shoe. Uh, and then you want to get really spiritual, esoteric about it. It's like rubber is a insulator. Uh, insulator. And so you're not you're not getting the earth energy yeah. anymore. Yes. So you're cut off from that, that life force, vital energy that we're supposed to be so in tune with. It's, yeah, dude. it's really sad. Interesting. Fun fact. You see this here on my wrist. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's uh, connected to, to my outlet, my socket here. Um, so that apparently grounds you or earths you. It's, it's just connected to the earth um, part of the socket, you know? Oh, so the grounding I, wire in it? Yeah, yeah. So I have um um like a little blankie that you put on top of the you know the the, the bed underneath the pillow uh, under, underneath the blankets and that's also connected. So when we sleep, it's got silver fibers and you know I ha- I don't know how to test it honestly, but apparently that's supposed to ground you. Yeah. And I have a yeah, couple sure. a couple more of these kits. So I, one other place in the house also has a one of these grounding wires. And I have like three or four other kits where you can create a mat, like a mat area. So when you're stepping on that, you should be getting earth. I do, I, I'm sure it's not as effective as being, you know, on the wet beach or on the grass 
but it's probably a little bit better than nothing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And taking that a little bit further, it's, there's, there's a lot of things that are common practice now amongst society that if you really take a step back and think about it is, it's a very nefarious plan to disconnect us from that earth energy. Um, you know, moving into cities and disconnecting from that wild lifestyle, uh, living in the wild, living off the land, you know, eating natural plants and veggies, fruits that come off the land and eating animals that are eating things off the land as well. I mean, we're so far disconnected from that. Our food supply is all these cows from a, you know, giant conglomerate slaughterhouse and all the eggs we eat are this it's from this giant chicken coop um the veggies it's all mass produced in these areas that are sprayed with pesticides and chemicals that depending on what you believe about that might be genetically altering us to become less human and have less of that divine spark uh and one thing that you mentioned earlier is, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we were a lot tougher. That's another aspect of this where I think it's been a purposeful, deliberate plan to break the human spirit. Uh, it's, it's the human spirit is such a powerful thing. And the average person just has none left. They're just a drone going about their day. They're on autopilot. They're dosed up with pharmaceuticals or toxified with chemicals. I mean, <clears throat> there's just so we're just so dependent on the on the system. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. so dependent on daddy government yeah. uh, to come take care of us and feed us, house us. Um, instead of taking initiative, you know, there Eddie Bravo always says that there's enough room on this planet for everybody to have an acre. I mean, oh, yeah. even if even if it's not, if it, if it is 7 billion people, there's still enough room, but I don't, I don't think, you know, who knows if there's actually 7 billion people I on this earth. don't think at all. It's anywhere. I don't think it's anywhere near. So I don't billion. think so either because he, he has a good point of, you know, you fly over the States and it's just wasteland, not wasteland, but it's just empty <clears throat> land Yeah, where nobody's even at. And it's like, even damn, Europe, well, like you fly over Europe, bro. Look, yeah. there was one guy. On, on YouTube uh, that he just had a big ass spreadsheet with all the biggest cities and he just started like calculating them. And then people would say, oh, but you know, in um, in China and in India, they all, they all live rural. Like that's bullshit. Like what about the great leap forward? Mao's great leap forward. Like that was the whole point of, you know, urbanizing and the, 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 there's been like this trend of urbanization for like 70 years. So, I think that's, I call bullshit on that, you know? So if you kind of start calculating, <clears throat> start calculating the, the biggest cities and you start adding adding them up, I don't know, bro. There is, like, we all know listening to this, I think most of us know that there's a lot of fuckery with stats out there mm -hmm. about safety, efficacy, uh, uh, pathogenicity, death rates of things. So why... You know, it's like if they lie about everything, why would they not lie about this or any like any arbitrary exactly. thing that anyone brings up? Climate change, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, you start seeing, you start seeing through a couple of the lies and you start questioning everything. And that's a huge turning point for Danny and I, uh, tinfoil hat. That was our favorite show. You know, we worked, we worked in the same shop and we were just like, yeah, that's how we became friends. Yeah. (laughs) Did you listen to this episode? You listen to this episode? (laughs) That's awesome, bro. So yeah, I think they started in what, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So we worked together in 2018. So we were two years behind. Well, I was, I don't know. I had listened like a year before. Yeah. Yeah. So I was two years behind. So I just, I had 10 hours a day that I could listen to something. (laughs) So I was grinding out and I caught back up and then just kept updated. So you're a black, black belt 17th Dan in conspiracies. Yeah. (laughs) For that long. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. And then, um, you know, those conspiracy guys, they had, their first couple of seasons were killer. I mean, they, do you want to talk about a deep dive into stuff? Holy shit. Eight hour episodes. Eight hour (laughs) episodes, six hour episode, four hour. It's crazy how they, they can put that much time and research into that. But put, I mean, the product they put out was so great. It was incredible. Uh, Very knowledgeable guys over there in Ireland. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't know they're in Ireland. Interesting. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I remember. I okay. I think I know who you're talking about. Very Dublin accent. Yeah, that guy. Kinda. I think they're from uh, Wexford. Yeah, or, yeah. I believe. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Because I've lived in Ireland. I love that accent, actually. Yeah, yeah. Gordo. Um, Gordo. I need to. I need to check just, him out. Just again. a big, just a big goofball. Basically. Yeah, a big goofball. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just seeing, starting to see through those lies, like. Is the first couple of things that Dan put me on to. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I've questioned this before. I've questioned this before. And it's right along the same lines of that. And so you start breaking down those, those stories and those narratives they're pushing out. And you see that, okay, this doesn't match up. This doesn't match up. And you, you mentioned you like, it's always sunny. It's uh, you know, Charlie with all the, the red yarn everywhere. He's <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> uh, but none of it lines up. You, you start you start picking apart these stories detail by detail, and you're like, "That's false. That's contradictory to what this person said. So that must be false, or maybe there's a little truth in there." Then everything opens up. Everything opens up to being questioned because it, it yeah, if it's something as simple as they're lying about the population, okay, well, how far does that lie go? What else are they lying about? If they're lying to us about the population or, um, you know, what's a, what's a simple example, like something you you wouldn't even think to lie about like the shape of the earth. I think that's how people get into flat earth is, which, yeah, I mean, I don't know who knows, but I think that's how people start to question everything. Once you catch on to literally everything's a lie that they say, then why wouldn't they lie about the shape of the earth? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh shit. I just saw a video yesterday. Uh, my coworker showed me it, dude. Perfect, you know the guy, the trick shot, the guys do. that do all the trick shots with footballs, basketballs, right, frisbees, right. and everything. Right, that's all green screen fakery. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, bastards. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so it, you know it's something like that where that is something that could awaken a kid because all they, you know, they've been they've been so enthralled with what these guys are doing. Oh, look at this trick shot! Like I want to be like them. I want to be like yeah. them. And then they see this video of how it's actually done and it's a person in a green suit that they're just editing out of the video. 
and that would make them question their whole reality. Same yeah. with Santa Claus. And that's why as at a young age, I was just like, what the fuck? They're lying about Santa Claus. Why? Why? What is the point of that? And then you put it together that, oh, Santa Claus, he's always watching you. If you're not a good boy or girl, you're not getting any presents. So then you, you realize it's a control system. And it normalizes lying. Yep. Yeah. That's a big one. That's really yeah, my, I told my dad I wasn't even going to tell my son about Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, or the Easter Bunny because <clears throat> I know for me personally, when I found that out, the distrust that I had for adults after that and the, the it sounds so silly, but the trauma that it caused in my yeah. head, like, oh my God, they're lying. that They've been lying this whole time, my whole life. I don't want to put the, my son through that. I don't want him thinking that I'm a liar. You know, it, yeah. whether you admit it or not, once you figure that out subconsciously, it sets in that my dad yes. is a liar. My mom yes. is a liar. They lied and to you, it's hard to break that. Yeah, it's very yeah. hard to break that. That's because fucking then, horrible, dude. I, I, that's what I told my wife. We've had this conversation already. I said, I'm not going to bullshit my kid about this. Show. I don't give. Oh, and then there were like, uh, you know, s- some family members say, oh, Christian. It's it's just a tradition. It's an innocent little thing. And fuck off. Listen, <laughs> yeah. you, you you if you want to do that, you do that. I would raise my kids how I want. I like it. Really pisses me off, dude. Because it's a slip. Like it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. It's just this. It's just that. It's just a mask. It's just uh, six feet. You know. It's just a little jibby jab. Yeah. It's just yeah. sixteen boosters. It's just a. Uh, uh, forced euthanasia for the elderly. Like, yeah. where does it end, man? Exactly. You, you, I don't know where the point was, but somewhere along the line in history, they crossed that line and people were okay with it. And now they keep moving that line further and further yeah. because we're allowing it because of that, that attitude alone where it's just this, it's just that. Do it for all humanity. Be a hero. Save you know, grandma. say yeah. yeah. Save grandma. It's like, all right. Well, grandma's eighty six. Uh, average life expectancy is seventy six. So yeah, you know, grandma's I, I doing sounds, all right. <laughs> it sounds so morbid to say, but yeah. like, she lived a wonderful life. Uh, it might be your time if that happens. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you, bro. I, in Australia, I don't poison myself because of that. Yeah. In Australia, that that massive lockdown that they did, I think four people had died, or four ca- four cases, or four people had died, and they were all over eighty. And I think the life expectancy for men there was eighty or eighty-one. Like most of those people were freaking. Was Sorry. That uh, yeah, we got Captain America here. Nice. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Keep going. No, no, no that, that's all I want to say, Captain. <laughs> Thank you for your service, sir. He said, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Any treats? Any great gifts? <laughs> Show him your shield. Oh, damn. That is. That's it. Now I know you're serious. Now I know you're serious, buddy. That's a, how old is he? Party, dude. <laughs> He's five. Nice. Bro. Yeah. He's going to a mother-son dance thing at his preschool so nice yeah that's awesome dude. i love to talk to guys that are awake to these things you know i like i said um um uh, i interviewed charlie um sorry R- ricky verandas on tuesday for my you know the children's health podcast and we we're talking a lot about and 
like talking to guys like you, guys like him, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. I know that people out there are 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 gonna <laughs> do better raising their kids and opening their not. And I don't mean they're gonna like start, you know, telling them, "Oh my God, everything's a conspiracy at the age of eight, <laughs> crazy shit like that." Yeah. We have to protect the kids. We have to definitely what you said earlier. Spencer is like they're trying to beat the human spirit out of people and like this hopelessness and all this stuff and people are depressed and you know driven to suicide or or on pills where everything is like in this kind of mid-range of nothing you know mm-hmm. of zero now energy so it's it's kind of i like to you know associate myself with people that are extremists like myself i guess <laughs> to put it succinctly yeah i think i think we're building a, a pretty good community here um, yeah. Brandon Thomas is a huge part of that, uh, putting all these people in contact with each other. It's, it's going to be great. I mean, where we can go with this is, has unlimited potential sure, sure. and it's going to be great. But back to what you were saying. Uh, so yeah, I mean, four people over the age of 80 that passed away and then it causes a whole lockdown. Yeah, dude. I mean, when has that ever been the case where, and it's becoming so much more common where we are catering to this small, small minority. We are changing societal norms and practices to cater to, you know, a population that's less than one percent. Oh yeah, it, things along those lines. It's it's insane. It's ludicrous. And people don't see that. Like they they're just not seeing that. And that's and then when you bring it up, you're like you are not you are the one that's sort of, sort of out of place. And this shit that they were saying at the time, you know, like how many times have you heard this? Until everybody is safe, nobody is safe. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yourselves and your mothers, guys. You satanic <laughs> pieces of shit. So I'm sorry. I just this this stuff is just. I think we're all traumatized by it. It's irritating. It's but that very goes, irritating. <clears throat> that point you just made goes back to what you were saying earlier about having a binary choice. It's a you're either with us or against us. You have two choices. Get boosted or you're part of the problem and you're going to be ostracized for it. And, uh, you know, something like what we talked about on on our show with you being the uncool person, you're ostracized for these, quote unquote, extreme beliefs that you have that buck against the mainstream narrative. And it shouldn't be that way. When has it ever been when in human history has it ever been not okay to question what is going on? You see it all throughout human history, documented history, where people are questioning it. And some of those people ended up dead. Yes. yes. So it is something you got to tiptoe around. But we even more recently, you know, take the the 90s and the early 2000s, where it wasn't this political divisiveness in the states like it is now, where it's like, if you're Republican, that automatically makes you a Trumper. I can't associate with you. If you're against the vax, you're a Trumper. I can't associate with you. And if you're not on the Democratic team, then you're you're part of the problem with this country and the way it's going. If you're not supporting this bullshit agenda, uh, then you're part of the problem. It It's so divided now because people have no communication skills anymore and they take everything so personal. You can't yeah. even be middle of the road now. Like if you're, I'm like, yeah, I'm unaffiliated. They're like, okay, well, you're an alt-right extremist. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Like that's how it is basically. You get categorized <laughs> into these binary categories. Like both sides say it. You want to be part of the 
uh, on the wrong side of history or the right side of history. Yeah. Make your yeah. choice. And it's like, okay, both of you are saying it. Both of you have, you know, decent outlooks on where the country should go, but also you have a lot of shitty outlooks on where the country could go. Why can't we find that middle ground? It, it's not that hard. And to respect somebody's opinion is not that hard. It doesn't take much effort. Listen to their opinion. If you disagree, then just say, I kindly disagree and let it be that. It doesn't have to be, I'm unfriending you on Facebook. I'm blocking you. I'm blocking your number. (laughs) Don't contact me again because that's how it's become. And this cancel culture bullshit has gone so much further than just, you know, canceling celebrities. People are canceling their family members because they don't, they don't believe that this uh, trans agenda narrative that's being pushed is right. You shouldn't be pushing this on children. And I can kind of tie this back into part of the problem with teaching. Uh, But if you don't support this, then I'm blocking you. Uh, Oh, you don't agree with it. Whatever. Don't talk to me anymore. But the, with the, with the whole trans agenda narrative in school, they wanted to start implementing curriculum to teach children as early as preschool about trans, what trans is, you know, how their relationships work, how a heterosexual relationship works, how a homosexual relationship works. They wanted to teach sex ed to preschoolers. And it's not like, because I I would always bring up the point of, okay, well, if you want to teach sex ed, like consent type of thing, sharing is where you start with that. That's okay. Sharing or touch like high five or a hug, like ask permission. If they say no, don't get mad. Don't get upset. Just leave it be. Just say it's okay. They just don't want to hug today. They don't want to high five today. They don't want to share their toy today. Maybe tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. Ask again tomorrow. But if it was that, I'd be totally fine with it. But the sex ed they want to teach is in depth. It's literally telling you how to have sex to preschoolers. It, it's I not okay, man. Such not an okay. issue with that. It's, it's like okay. you, and there's people in my class that are like, "Yeah, rah rah rah." That's just, this is great. Then I just look at them like, "Are you fucking insane? You want to teach a preschooler who doesn't give a shit whether he gets called a boy or a girl or she gets called a boy or a girl? It, it's not even about that. They want to play. They want to fit in. They want to have fun. They want to have friends. Uh, example I would always bring up is like. A little boy comes home from school one day, says, Mommy, Daddy, can I wear a sparkly dress tomorrow? That has nothing to do with them wanting to be transgender. That has everything to do with them seeing the little girl in preschool that had a sparkly dress and everybody was giving her attention. Oh my gosh, it's so mm. pretty. Could it, where did you get it? This and that. It's It has nothing to do with uh, they want to be a girl. Yeah. It's They want that attention. They want to fit in. And that's as simple as that. They don't yeah. care if they're a boy or a girl. Like, it, we don't need to be pushing this on on children that young. You know, when you're 18, make a decision. But up until that point, I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's not, bro. It's not something your mind is developed enough to make a, a major life changing decision about. So yeah, I bro, get I get fired up about that. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> this this shit is just. It's not okay on so many levels, bro. Like I don't, I don't know what's what's wrong with parents. Um, why they're not up in arms in in the states, man, in California and whatnot. I don't know what's wrong with parents, man. Yeah, yeah. 
that's a huge part of it too, is the parents being docile for it. And it, it's partially their fault. It's partially society's fault because they see what's going on. They see the cancel culture. They see that people are getting fired at hell. Uh, my fiance just told me on the way to breakfast today that this guy that we both know he's worked at Walmart for however many damn years. And he was in the break room talking about how bullshit the trans agenda was. They fired him. Whoa. So that it, like I said, it's, it's partially the parents fault for not taking a stand, but it's partially society's fault for putting that fear into their head of, Oh my God, I could lose my job. I could lose my livelihood. I got to provide like, what am I supposed to do? It's like, look at Dave Chappelle and whoever else got canceled. Again, I don't follow these things, you know, but even I heard about that. So it's, that's the stepwise fashion of create some, you know, big hurrah in the media, instill fear. And now, you know, people will self-censor. People control each other, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I, I believe most people are like, most people are like not okay with it, but they're just again docile, afraid, you know, of, of, of getting fired, canceled, ostracized, or labeled as like a a hate monger or like like some type of tra- transphobe or like, dude, I just um uh, Canva, you know, the app to create graphics and stuff. They yeah. offered me um a, a free month, so I I I I. I availed of the free month so i just exploring the app and i saw they have um you know the ability to create a social media calendar so i'm like let me see maybe this could help me like plan my shit i need some help planning all my stuff i'm gonna have four podcasts soon so i look at the calendar and it has like you know your basic dates like independence day and uh apparently uh uh day of um, awareness about transphobia and stuff like that. Now that's a fucking day. It, I think this month, some, or next week, or like that's a day now because it's such a big issue that people are transphobic and homophobic and um, binary phobic. And is it? Are we? Are people that? I don't think they are. No. But people are against the the sick shit that you know tranny story time, and you know these guys swinging their fucking balls around in schools. That people are not okay with that, and not at all <laughs> for, for for very good reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's synchronistic. You bring that up because that was one topic we talked about last night as well. Is how so? We did an episode about birthdays and how they might be satanic. If your listeners really? find us, if they want to subscribe to the Patreon, it'll be on there uh, tomorrow. But how selfish a birthday is but it it turned into like how people want to celebrate birthday months now and then we got into obviously that transitioned into how there's months year (laughs) (laughs) birthday year honey (laughs) (laughs) but how that transitioned into how there's months dedicated to okay we got women's month we got black history month Mm. we got um autism awareness autism awareness month we got lgbtq month uh, like who in their right mind is so egotistical and narcissistic that you need a a whole month dedicated to you you know an example i brought up to dan last night is like there's no there's no jewish month there's no you know hinduism month uh but these are somewhat minority populations why don't they 
why don't they get a month? They they had traumatic events happen in history. We don't see them crying about not getting a month. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's it, you know, you you look at it, and it's like, how are you so egotistical that you want a whole month dedicated to yourself or a whole day? Like, how about you just act like everybody else and just go about your day and not think about yourself and think about you know, the betterment of humanity, be a better person instead of it's all about me. It's all about me, 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 me. And I, I, I tell this story, I'll tell it on here. This, this will be the first time it's publicly being told, but there was a kid growing up, met him in middle school, uh, went to high school with him, but everybody knew, you know, he was, either gay or, or something was going on, but he never admitted it. Never, you know, until about senior year of high school, but he confronted me one time. He said, you just, you just hate me cause I'm gay. And I, I was like, Whoa, dude, Whoa, that is a huge accusation to claim. He's like, no, it's not. You, you're so mean to me. You're so rude to me because I'm gay. And I'm like, that, that is not even close to what the truth is. I, I, I don't like you because you're fucking annoying. Because <laughs> you're a plonker. Because <laughs> you, you're so over the top about everything. You, I mean, we're in a, a small room here and you're, you're screaming at the top of your lungs at me. You're fucking annoying. That's why I hate you. And it, it, it like took him back. And he was like, whoa, like that didn't work. That Usually that breaks people down. And it's the same with like the black mentality. Like you're saying that because I'm black or you're saying that because yeah. I'm trans. Anything like that. It's just a victim mentality that people need to break away from. Yeah, because it, yeah. it prevents so many opportunities and experiences in your life. But yeah, that, I mean, I, like I said, I tell that story because it's, it is a powerful thing where, you know, you, you confront them with their own bullshit and it takes them back because it, no, I never hated him because he was gay. I don't. I don't hate anybody because they're gay or trans or whatever. But if you're out there promoting your agenda, pushing it down people's throats, declaring that they're going to be canceled or sued or this or that, if you mispronoun me or if you call me the wrong name or, or whatever the case may be, it, it's it's just this victim mentality to uh, to basically go on a power trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, the videos... I, Talked to Dan about this last night too. The videos of black people going around and, and basically saying, we deserve reparations for slavery. So you will kneel before me and like recording the people oh, kneeling before him. And it's like, why you were oh, a slave? Dude. Your dad wasn't a slave. Your mom wasn't a slave. Yes, there is oppression going That's on crazy, and it's, man. it sucks, but the media makes it, the media amplifies all of these issues to make it seem like it's around every single corner that every white person is a racist, every uh, Christian is a transphobe or a homophobe yeah. or anything like that. When it's all these extremists that are putting a bad light on, you know, the rest of the population of whatever group it is. And when in actuality, most people don't care. You know, exactly. It's, it's not that fucking interesting guys it's like i am a painter nobody cares i'm a poet i wrote a book nobody it's like nobody cares everybody's obsessed with their their concerns their family their thing you know okay whatever so you like to like you know stick a butt plug up your ass and sing along <laughs> i want to break free with queen or whatever yes we 
whatever. Like we all do weird stuff and have yeah. fun hobbies like that or whatever else. So <laughs> nobody. Oh no, not like that exactly. <laughs> but, but it's like, like people. Like you're right. The people. There's we're and again. It's I'm not blaming individuals. I'm I'm kind of pointing the finger at the social engineering aspect of it. We are look at dude. For what reason does a smartphone have two cameras? Yes, the manufacturers the manufacturers were so, you know, interested in, you know, you having the ability to talk to people and take photos, or is it to surveil you, you know, from the front, from the back, and you know, to turn you into a narcissist what you're, where you're constantly like looking at yourself and other selfies and, you know, Instagram and all the social media, it's about you. So it's like your little space to like spew, spew. This is me. This is me. Love me. Love me world. And, you know, it does create, I, when I was using, I haven't been on Facebook in like two years. When I was using social media, like you, you your entire uh, mind is rewired where you're like thinking, what can I post today? What should I post? Like, could this be a poster? Oh, my dog is so cute now. Maybe I take a picture of my dog. People will like my picture more because I, I nobody gives a shit about dudes on 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 social media. Yeah. Uh, and like, you have to do like with your baby or like with a cute animal, your dog, or you doing something stupid. You know what I mean? It just changes who you are. You know what I mean? It's like like there's very subtle little changes that happen that people are because it's like a very slow progression you know one day you're on facebook you know next you got the app next you're like take one selfie and then it progresses then you're like posting three four times a day and like your thoughts mm -hmm. like you think your thoughts are so important or your humoristic take on uh america's got talent or eurovision or whatever dude like at the end of the day people just post about themselves, they only care how many likes they get, and yes, they click other people's. So if I like yours, you like mine. Like there's the, the dynamics of that. I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but it does change who you are. And does people that have that tendency will become self-absorbed and narcissistic mm -hmm. yeah, over a long sure. timeline. And yeah. that that circle back to my point of you know just act normal. Like don't don't be that person that's just out out there constantly like look at me look at me look at me and that's that's what's annoying about certain groups of people is like it's being promoted to be that way and it you know who cares go live your life who gives a shit what other people think like don't you don't have to tell me your whole life on social media i don't i don't give a shit uh and most of the other people don't either yeah and um so kind of circling back to that story I told earlier, you know, this, this certain individual is now trans and is this, I, I don't even know what the job title is. I have no clue, but there was a big um, controversy that got her a lot of attention to go on podcast and, you know, talking about she had hooked up with this famous rapper. Are you talking about Lila? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> Hooked up with this this famous rapper, Kevin Gates, and telling this whole story on a podcast and it just sounding absolutely insane. Uh, I, I don't even believe the story. I think it's completely fabricated to get the attention. But 
I equated it to a similar situation like the Kardashians where Sam Tripoli always says the quote, you know, people don't understand the difference between fame and infamy. And there's a huge, huge difference. But what is going on, you know, with the Kardashians is infamy. They're famous because of infamy, because they do dumb shit constantly. Yeah. They say dumb shit constantly. They're, their life is just full of dumb decisions that put them back into the media. And that's the same thing with this individual I'm speaking about is in this podcast interview, she was like, oh, you know, all my fans back in Iowa, they'll probably never believe this. And it's like, take a step back. These aren't fans. These are people following your life to make themselves feel better. Same situations with the Kardashians where Mm. it's like, look how dumb they are. At least I'm not that dumb. And that- do you really think that girls watch the Kardashians for that reason? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe either. you might or I might <laughs> like, oh Jesus Christ, I just lost a billion brain cells, but I'm still <laughs> like if I lose a billion ten times over every day for the next ten years, I still won't be that dumb. But <laughs> I, I don't think, bro, and I, I, I've got nothing I guess I'm not coming from a place of judgment, but my sister when we we're like teenagers and shit, or even like in our twenties, she would watch that shit. I'm like the fuck are you doing <laughs> i was like what the fuck are you doing you know like why what like they're just sitting around, like i remember like because I'd, I'd be there exposed to it that's why i'm like a bit uh, wonky in the head you know i probably probably did some serious brain damage that i'm never gonna recover from um i don't think i have any brain damage 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 i'm just kidding <laughs> but uh it's like why and and you know like when we you talk about you know watching something you're in a beta state and i noticed like um, girls that watch the Kardashians, they start talking like that. And they oh, start yeah. like, dude, they start literally like sounding the inflection point. And I don't know like how they talk. I have, don't remember it now, but it's like, and like whatever, uh, you know, <laughs> like they start talking like that, dude. It's literally you are modeling, you are mimicking like, like the worst of the worst of what our society has become like the the what's the word the archetype of the decay of our fucking society Mm -hmm. we are idolizing that and not us but the aggregate or like the average person it's not yeah it's not okay man yeah for sure i mean look at look at all of our quote-unquote heroes here in the united states it's all these big name celebrities that are pieces of shit behind closed doors. I mean, all this mm-hmm. stuff coming out, they're, they're a pedophile, they were caught up in sex trafficking or scandal or whatever the case may be. We're we're idolizing these people. And it's very sad because we, uh, what episode did I bring this up in? Where, you know, we shouldn't be idolizing these people. It might've been with Tommy Chong. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be idolizing these celebrities <clears throat> for being famous, we should be idolizing them for their actions. Like if they're a good person, a humanitarian person, and you know that for a fact, then by all means, you know, idolize them. Like that's my role model. Yeah. Like for example, Leonardo DiCaprio, like he's doing some amazing work with global climate change. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That guy's awesome, right? (laughs) Right? Guys, you still there, guys? (laughs) Nope. Click, hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Um, but no, we should, we should be taking a look more locally, you know, oh, my neighbor across the street, he, every Sunday he's at the soup kitchen helping out the homeless. 
my na- uh, my my pastor at church, you know, he uh, helps troubled youth get out of of their home life for a couple of days, takes them to like a retreat or whatever, and and teaches them, hey, life isn't always this bad. If you work hard enough, you can get out of this. You you need to have a positive mentality about it. You know, those are the people we should be idolizing and, and re- regarding as heroes because those are the true heroes. It's not Leo. It's not uh, Matt Damon. It's not Brad Pitt. Any of these people. I mean, it's we idolize these people without even knowing them. Mm. And so we need to take a look more locally. Uh, and it, it's something that in elementary they do pretty well is like, who's your hero? And most of the time the kids heroes are their parents. Now, Mm. where does that get lost? Because as growing up, you're like, man, these people are doing everything for me. I love them so much. Yeah. Where does that get lost along the way? I remember, uh, for wrestling, they made like a little booklet and we put like our hero or whatever. And my hero, this was before the whole thing happened. My hero was Bill Cosby. (laughs) 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 Dr. Huxtable. Oh yeah, that's dear Doctor Huxtable. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, man, yeah. But it's just it's something that's so. It could be so simple if people just took a step back and thought about it. And a lot of these problems that we're facing could be so simplistic, but people refuse or don't know to take a step back and look at it from a different perspective and be like, "That's fucked up. We need to stop doing that. We need to change it." change how we go about it, change how we perceive it. Uh, but they don't. I mean, I don't know if it's the lack of time, the lack of knowledge, the lack of awareness about it. I, it there could be a, a myriad of variables that go into that, but something needs to click at some point for society to reverse this decline that we're on. Because uh, right now, I think, you know, it was a, it was a steady decline. And, and with the way things have been going since the pandemic, I think we're on an exponential decline now because yeah. it, it was kind of just steady, steady going down. But now with the monetary system taking a shit, um, all the agendas being pushed, all the catering to minority populations, the rewriting of history, the uh, rewriting of, of definitions of words and, and certain things, uh, the de- devolving that we're doing because of technology it's put us on an exponential decline and if something doesn't click soon i mean it, we talked about with you last time how we're we're headed towards a split and it's yeah. going to be mainstream dystopian society and the uncool people that believed all these crazy wild outlandish things that challenge the mainstream narrative and i know what camp i want to be in i I definitely yeah. don't want to be in dystopian mainstream society because it it's sure as shit scary. It is very scary. Yeah, bro. It 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 is indeed. Um yeah, it's like <clears throat> like I said when I was on your show, I I don't even dare think about it anymore where this if you look at the trends and not just um the decay of society, which is probably what this episode will be called. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh also if you look at disease rates, dude, mm-hmm. like uh, I think two or three, <clears throat> two or three years ago, the was the first year in a very long time that um, where the 
life expectancy of a child being born in the USA is uh, lower than his parents. So, you know, that is, that means, what that means, if you just look at that specific statistic in isolation, is um, that we've, we, we've reached a peak. And, you know, it's like when you look at any sort of chart, uh, um, equities or whatever else, there's a peak and then there's a, you know, there's a, that was the bull run, and then there's a, an extended uh, bear market. So, with you know ups and downs j- during as well, and fake fake bull runs and all that stuff. Um, so, if that was the peak, you know, what what would a decline look like, and how long would that take to play out? You know, could it be? It's like when they say the the Roman Empire. It it wasn't like an isolated event that you could say, oh, the Roman Empire has collapsed. It was something that happened over like, uh, I don't know, like 100, 200 years. And mm-hmm. then, you know, people, historians or, or whatever else, scholars would look back and say, oh, well, that doesn't exist anymore. There is no empire. There's all these separate, you know, factions now, new new states, new, new empires, whatever else. So it, it looks like, I mean, I don't know. I think we all, we all like, or a lot of us expect that, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be get really bad, and then people will wake up, and then we're we're gonna be fine. Pick up the pieces, start off again. I, I am not so sure. I don't. What, what do you think? I'm on the same page as you. I don't. I don't think. You know, people. It's such a pessimistic outlook on it, but I don't. I don't see a majority of the population waking up enough to actually implement the changes that are needed. Like I said, I think it's going to be a split and it's going to be you. You're in your community and either you're in this little community of people that are trying to get back to more naturalistic practices and practical skills, practical life skills, um, things like that, better morals if you're in that community, you're going to be ostracized from society. So you better have a self-sustaining community. Otherwise you're not getting any help from the mainstream dystopian society. That's inevitable to come. I mean, these 15 minute cities, it's going to be 15 minute cities. They got everything they need in there. And then on the outsides, it's going to be, we're going to be looked at as, uh, I don't know, like, um, the Amish. Yeah, but even worse, I think we're going to be put in such a bad yeah, light. Bad it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be. Look at that cult over there. Uh, same thing with the what happened at Waco. Yeah, in Waco, Texas. I mean, these there's so many documentaries and series out right now, painting the people of Waco in such a bad light, and that's not the case at all. When you dig deep into what Waco was and what their society or their little community wanted to do, be self sustaining teach better morals, educate their own children and have true sovereignty outside of the system. And that, that last point there, true sovereignty outside of the system is what got them killed. I mean, that was a massacre. What happened at Waco and all these docs and series now are painting those people in such a bad light. That's not, that wasn't the case at all. They just wanted to be left alone basically, but we're going to be painted in a similar light as in these little communities where Look at that cult over there. They're doing some weird stuff. They're Satanists. They're this. They're that. Like, yeah. 
why why aren't they living in these cities? We have everything we need. My job's right down the street. The grocery store's right next door. Uh, the gas station's right over here. Actually, no no gas stations even. We don't even need cars. We got everything we need right here. Yeah, it's it's very scary and it's very pessimistic to say, but I don't I don't see a majority of the population waking up enough for right. everybody to change. Let's put ourselves in Brandon Thomas's shoes. How would we alchemize this? So we flip the script. Oh, we just we just put it out there right now. We're manifesting it right now that the majority of the population will wake up enough to create these changes and alchemize these changes in society to for the betterment of humanity as a whole. Now you're just talking crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, um yeah, it's um <clears throat> yeah. It's something to to think about, you know. Like I, I, I feel like um, it's like what I said uh, when I was on your show about the white or the clear pill. It's it is what it is, you know. Like we, pe like dude, people, people lived through the Second World War. You know, my grandparents and there, there was like bombs falling near where they lived and stuff, you know, yeah. and. Uh, my uh, wife's uh, one of her granddads. I think he died in the Second World War, and uh, I think another one escaped. And had he not escaped, you know, he would have been sent off to the camp, uh, uh, to the you know the work camps uh, there in some part of the Soviet Union and stuff. Um, people survived that shit, man. You know, and it's like yes, there's a lot of trauma that's associated with it. That we have to. We have to. I think we we what 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 one thing that we need to learn as parents, as you know, as um, leaders as well for our family unit or you know in our communities is learning about tools with which to manage and deal with trauma. You know, like things like uh, you know even just simple emotional freedom technique with tapping on the meridians and stuff. Just teaching our kids how to manage stress and teaching teaching ourselves and our loved ones how to reframe things as well. Like I remember um, one thing about my dad, for example, is he would always flip things in a in a um, sort of optimistic way. I think some of that rubbed off on me. I hope it's like I remember one time where we were he was driving the car and another car. Um, just their um, side mirrors hit and his his one, you know, got shattered into a, a bunch of pieces and like he just like cursed at the guy carried on driving without saying anything and then like a minute later he's like, now I can see like 200 different angles. <laughs> it's like a, you know, like a fly's eye or a bee's eye. You can see like a hundred different ways now. <laughs> so I remember that being the car. I was like, okay, well, Nice. Good for you. He didn't get that mirror fixed until he sold the car either. It's like, fuck that. No, no, it's all good. There's nothing to fix here, you know? But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, uh, actually, one one question, and we can probably discuss this next week when for for the Children's Health Podcast when you're on, guys. But are you going to homeschool your kids? Is it because like here in, in Portugal, it's very complex. You have to have a degree, uh, like a college degree. And you have to follow their bullshit curriculum, which is like kind of defeats the whole purpose of yeah, homeschooling. Yeah, that, so what's your plans? Uh, my, my son will be homeschooled. Yeah. 
Me, uh, not yet. My son will be in kindergarten this coming up year or this yeah. year coming up. Um, I'm just going to see how it is. We know the principal of his elementary school he'll be going to, and he's a pretty solid guy. So we'll just kind of see how it's going. Uh, I'm not afraid to pull him out, though. But oh, yeah. I feel like I'd have to get on the same page. with. I mean, my wife's kind of on the same page, but I don't want to put too much on her, you know. So sure. we'll see. Well, we'll that, see I mean, that's a huge point of creating the conscious parenting group. Yeah. is to divvy up the workload. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, this summer you study this math book and we're going to you're going to teach that. And then you study this reading and and writing skills book, you teach that. So hopefully by the end of the con- conscious parenting group, it's like <clears throat> nobody is in charge of more than one thing. It's like you become an expert on this and you're teaching this you're awesome. you have our little community in your hands for the math portion you have our you over here have the reading portion so it it ideally that's how it would be where we're not stressed about trying to learn all the curriculum oh, and, yeah. uh trying you know panicking because we're, we're not experts on it it's just like you, you study one thing and then teach it did you get my message on Telegram, by the way? I messaged you. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Did I, I add checked. It? Hold on. I, I, that was like last week. But anyway, there's a, uh, at least one Telegram group that I saw where they have like hundreds and hundreds of like books on schooling resources, like from elementary all the way to whatever, you know, K-12. So I have to like make sure I, I valid you properly. Uh, I'll, sh- I'll try to find that group. There's like a ton of resources. I'm sure that, you know, it would be useful to share that in the group and people can pick, you know, peruse them, see if, they, if any are valuable more specifically and that those resources can be uploaded somewhere, like a Dropbox for people to share and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I did get your message. Awesome. All right. So I got your contact added. I got to turn on notifications for Telegram. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find that group and yeah, there's a lot of I downloaded a crap load of those uh, somewhere on maybe this computer or another. But um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like, dude. If I had the chance, like my wife is not when I first kind of and we can talk more about this on the Children's Health Podcast. But uh, it's important because I think a lot of people they they tell you like I used to always say I'm gonna homeschool my kids before I had kids before I had a kid. And people are like, well, oh, you see, you see when you have a kid. And I just hate this normie BS, dude. It's like, <laughs> you see when you have a kid. Well, my kid still hasn't tasted sugar. Still hasn't tasted sugar. That's awesome. She still has not been like, she has not watched almost. Well, all right. Maybe she has watched like a few minutes of something on a phone. Right. But she's not watched like a 20 minute thing on a phone. She's eaten pretty much only organic, certified organic food. You know, she's almost not had any sunflower oil, any poofas, almost like maybe a few chips here and there that she just, you know, wouldn't let go. And I had to give her some to, you know, <laughs> diffuse the situation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's like, no, no, you will not see. I will not see. I will create what I want, man. You know, it's this is. And it was the same. Sorry, sorry. I just got. I, I get a little bit, you know, fired up about these things. <laughs> but um, yeah. So when I kind of mentioned to my wife first, I'm gonna homeschool school the kids before we even had kids. She's like, no, no, you, no, you're not. And she just went off the deep end about it to 
to kind of stand her grounds. Like that's your position. And my position is the exact, you know, polar opposite. So mm-hmm. since kind of the last couple of years, since she got pregnant, I just started buying books on all sorts of things. Like I have maybe six, seven or eight books on the, the learning process, play as learning, homeschooling, unschooling and so on. And, um, I, she actually read, read one of them. She's like, this is brilliant. This book is brilliant by, I think it was Peter Gray. It's called Free to Learn, the book. And she read that book. I, I still I still haven't read the book. She's like, this is really awesome. Like about how kids learn from play. And um, she's warming up to it. And then obviously the COVID stuff that happened and people telling us about even like her, um, you know, her, her own sister's kids and my sister's kids, you know, the, tr- the, see the masked up in schools and just... Oh, just the whole thing was just oh, and um, so, so she's warming up to it. But I have this massive challenge now that you know the government here is retard level nine over nine thousand. You know, so <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But you know, there's some time till then. You know, I can, I can always just you know move country for God's sake, right? If that's an option, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, I, there's times I've thought about that where it's like I want to go somewhere where. I can find just a lot a cheap plot of land and just be left alone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, here, I guess it's kind of a blessing in disguise with um, the school shootings that continuously happen, you know, whether, yeah. whether you believe they're as is or a false flag, whatever, however you look at it, it's beside the point I'm trying to make is, like I said, it's somewhat of a blessing in disguise because it's not forcing people, but really making people think about putting their kids in a public school. And he, this is even to normies. I mean, mm. uh, my fiance's sisters are both, I mean, they, they know some stuff, but they're, they're pretty asleep to most of what is going on. But that that's something that they're like, holy shit, I don't even want my kids going to public school anymore. I don't want them to get shot. Yeah. So that's something that, like I said, it's somewhat of a blessing in disguise because it's it's even forcing normies to to think about it and be like, ah, I don't I don't know if I want them in public school anymore, and so it, it's making them lean more towards the, the homeschooling process and trying to figure that out how what that entails and how they're going to go about that. So even even friends and family, you know, um, there's my fiance's one of her best friends has a kid and another one. Uh, so they're, I mean, they're thinking really hard about not even putting them in public school just because it's, it's too dangerous first of all. And then they start looking into more things and they're like, damn, the curriculum kind of sucks. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, kind of actually something I wanted to ask, um, uh, you know, we touched on it last time we spoke, but, Tell me more about. Um, so you you said your your area is a tester area for <laughs> free to lay, right? Free to lay. Yeah. Tell me more about that. I like. I'd love to understand this a little. What the hell is going on there? I think you know a little bit more. About <clears throat> I mean, there's. I don't know why our is, but they just free to lay tests, um, and they have since I can remember. Just new new flavors of chips um every year or so smoke raccoon and shit yeah (laughs) yeah i mean 
I mean, I thought it was pretty sweet when I was younger. You get to do, you know, a Dorito that nobody else has except for in our area and a few other ones. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's weird. It's a weird thing, but yeah. So we kind of brought up the point last time of, okay, if they're, if we're a test area for chips, for example, you know, how far does that test area, um, idea branch out? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what else are we a test area for? I know, I know. So we're a test area for the chips and I know we're also a test area for, uh, new agricultural types of things. So different, um, different methods of harvesting on the tractors. Cause John Deere is a, a huge thing around here. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different plants, obviously all over Iowa, there's a bunch of different plants, but not only that, I, I, this I'm not as sure about, but I I'm, I'm almost positive that we are also a test area for new pesticides, new herbicides. Uh, so that kind of entails the whole agricultural thing where it's like these companies around here are spraying, the food we're getting with these new test chemicals or whatever. Uh, so yeah, we're, I mean, we're getting new chemicals with the chip flavors. However, they're concocting those flavors and then new agricultural testing site as well. Jesus Christ. Almighty. And then this, this is speculating way out there, but the, and you know, just knowing those couple of things there, I speculate that we are also a test area for uh, different sorts of chemtrails because mm-hmm. our skies are pretty open. Um, if you've ever flown over the Midwest, it's it looks like a grid because of all the fields. So you got cornfields, soy field, you know, whatever else you're growing. It's all gridded out and there's just a bunch of squares across it. Skies are pretty open and I notice a lot how much they're spraying. And it's all different directions. Uh, the cloud formations are most of the time similar, but there's some different ones. So, like I said, this is just speculation, but I almost wonder if they're testing different chemtrails mm. and concoctions of chemicals for that to not only see how it affects the population from breathing it in or absorbing into the skin, but also it's getting on our food. Uh, mm. We're a big agricultural hub for the United States. Um, what's the stat like? 90% of the corn yeah, in the good. United States is grown in the Midwest and wow. more specifically, Iowa grows a shit ton of it. Wow. So it, it is something that it's makes GMO me really corn, wonder. Yeah? It's yeah, what, yeah, yeah GMO sure. corn for sure. It, it just really makes me wonder what, how far does that, you know, like I said, idea of testing or test area branch out to what yeah. else is there? And another thing too, as I mentioned before, when you ask where we're located, we're right on the Mississippi River. So what are they doing to the water? I, who knows? Uh, Pat Militich, one of our good friends, podcasting friend, and um, you know, coach in the past, MMA type of stuff. Uh, he talked about how they tested Bettendorf, so the city we're in right now. Mm. How they tested the water. The Iowa American Water Company tested it, and it was what? Uh, I don't know. He just said that it, like they shouldn't be talking about Flint, Michigan. They should be talking about our yeah, water. Yeah, so I think there, he said there was like 12 or 13. Heavy metals? He, well, no, just toxic chemicals of okay. some sort. 
whether it's a carcinogen or like a poison, whatever it is, there's like 12 or 13 of them that are 40% above the quote unquote safe amount in the water. Fuck, bro. So that's our local municipal water system that is just outrageously toxic and people are drinking right out of the tap. And what are you guys doing for um, for your water filtration? <clears throat> uh, I have a filter that is on the faucet itself, and I turn that filter on, and then I f- put it into a jug filter. Okay. I'm I'm yeah. saving up for uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm saving up, but also waiting till I buy my house. So we're in the process of buying a house. Okay. Until I get like a reverse osmosis under the sink. Yeah, yeah. System. They're a couple hundred bucks, bro. What an investment. I got one, two, three months. Uh, can you just in the chat here ty- type in your zip code for me? Uh, um, you know, the ewg.org, they have this. Uh, uh, you can put in your zip code and then. Let's stick that in here. <clears throat> okay. Um, so there is, let's see, is Eldridge close to you? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close. So six contaminants detected. Arsenic, 1,375 times, 1,375x the legal limit so the legal yeah, limit I, or is that 1.37 it's good it's, it's a comma so sometimes a comma means a, a dot oh is it i mean is this a website based in the states e, yeah yeah so it's a ewg, ewg.org slash yeah so the, so the comma in the states would mean a thousand a thousand yeah, yeah. that's oh okay so so yeah, so the the utility has five point five parts per billion. The the okay, so five point five parts per billion for arsenic is what the water is tested for. The EWG health guideline is zero point zero zero. Wait, zero point zero zero four parts per billion. But the legal <laughs> limit is ten parts per billion. So you're under the legal limit, but the EWG recommends a much lower limit. Now chloroform. There is no legal limit for that. The you're 21x higher, so 0.4 parts per billion is the EWG health guideline, and you're 8.48 parts per billion. Haloacetic acid 77x, dichloroacetic acid potential effect cancer 30x, um, total trihalomethanes 57x, trichloroacetic acid, and you know. Every county, so you have Iowa American Water Company, Davenport, you got Walcott Waterworks. You can go in there, you know. But um, what I would say is, bro, like after installing my reverse osmosis system, I tested the water. I have a water quality tester. And my water went from, so the EPA, it's labeled with the American standard. The EPA, Mm. the EPA standard is if it's over 500 parts per billion, it's not considered safe by the EPA. My water was testing here almost four four hundred and eighty uh parts per parts per million, I think it was. So just twenty points, twenty parts per million under the EPA's guideline for you mm-hmm. know bad. 
when I installed the reverse osmosis system, it went down to 20 parts per billion. And when Damn. I was, yeah. And, but I was, I was a little bit unimpressed because when I was uh, using a water distiller, like a countertop one, I was, I could get the water down as low as seven, six, seven parts per million. I think parts per million, not per billion. I can't, to be honest, I can't remember. It's over there, but too lazy to get it. So anyway, after installing this reverse osmosis system, I realized that it's very, you just drill two holes under the sink to, you know, um, hook up the filters. Mm -hmm. The rest is very much, um, you can just, you know, it's portable. So what I would say, bro, like friend to friend advice, both of you, I would, whatever you were investing in, I would divert those funds for the RO system as a matter of priority. Um, and I, I, I advise this to everyone that I talk to, you know, uh, of course, but um, because like you could put in, put in like I, for my, my detox workshop course that uh, I'll talk to you after about, I'm going to share that with you guys. Um, but I just did a random, what was a, uh, a, a some county in LA or in uh, California and dude, just you, you click on any county and you will always find something, dude, you know? Although, to, okay, I, I should take that back because I just clicked on one random Hickory Hill subdivision one, zero contaminants detected. So anyway, the big ones, hmm. the big ones are bad. Like if you if you look at a, a, a something that serves over 100,000 people or 5,000 people, you know, you will see, you will see always some contaminants detected, you know, because some of these like are serving 100 freaking people, 200 people. So, you know, it's probably a very small network and you know less chance of you know crap getting in the supply and stuff to break it down anyway um yeah yeah well let's let's get gross with the the conversation a little bit uh what people don't think about is how your piss and your shit is contaminated with all these chemicals that you're ingesting whether it's the drinks you're drinking mm -hmm. or the food you're eating all of that can't be processed by your body and some of it stays in your body intoxifying yourself, but some of it definitely just goes right through. So you're, I mean, you're, you're pissing out your prescription pills yeah. and whatever is in those and that's going into the water supply, whatever food you're eating, all those chemicals, you're, you're, you're pooping that back out and it, that's contaminating the water supply okay. in the way that they are, you know, creating these guidelines for how, quote unquote, safe the water is, is by pumping more chemicals into it to try and counteract <laughs> those yes. chemicals. It's it's the same concept as the pharmaceutical system where it's like, here's this pill. Oh, you got a side effect from that. Here's another pill. Yeah, It's the same with the water supply because it's like you have all these chemicals in there that are going through our bodies and coming back out. Um, and, and it's just a recycling system mm -hmm. like that. But the, the way that they try and make it safe is pumping more chemicals in it uh you know like clown world it's, it's same same as like a, a chlorine pool yeah you're getting all these different chemicals in it from swimming in it and the air what's being sprayed in the air what travels through the wind from this factory or that factory and you're trying to <clears throat> eliminate those other toxins with a super toxin that is horrible for you. I mean, chlorine is absolutely horrible for you. I, oh, yeah. I hate going in chlorine pools now because it, the way it makes my skin feel mm -hmm. for a couple of days after, if it gets in my eyes or gets in my mouth, oh, yeah. 
makes me feel shitty inside. My eyes start to hurt. Sure. And it, yeah, that's one thing that I, I, we're probably going to have a debate about my fiance and I, because I, her sister has a pool and it's chlorine and I don't, I don't want my son in that, but I know I understand he's, he wants to have fun. Like he needs to have that experience, learn how to swim and everything. I don't. I don't want to. It's put a hard in one, bro. There is other ways, you know. Like you can do salt water and other stuff. Yeah. But like I'm just, I'm just saying, dude. Like I even have, um, uh, you can get even for thirty, forty dollars, you can get a sh- inline shower filter that filters most of the chlorine. So mm-hmm. any anywhere we've lived in the for the past, I guess five years. Yeah, five years. I've always had a shower filter, so we we. Even my my when my daughter was born, we had to draw her baths. So it was in we were um, uh, bathe her in the kind of in the living room, and I installed um, filters there. And then I it was just they're not designed for like a constant pressure, so I had leaks and just the amount of grief I went through like with these filters just so like my baby could have chlorine free bath water. At one mm-hmm. point, I just said screw it. I took the filters out. And then I was carrying this. I had this horrible back injury last year, and I was like putting on this like belt to like you know keep my guts together. And I was like going from the bathroom and carrying these big things of water, so just so she could have chlorine-free water uh, to shower with. You know what I mean? And like any any anyone I speak to, like with a young kid, like they're all like not one person that I've met so far here in kind of in where we are in Portugal has ever said, Oh yeah, we have a, we have a shower filter too as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's one thing I'm constantly, you know, talking to people about, you know, it's one of another one of those little things that if you can reduce a, a few toxic exposures like that every day, cut it down from 50 a day to like 10 a day, like think of the positive effects long term, you know, if you do that. Yeah, for sure. And I th- I think that's something we touched on in our yeah. last conversation is you know, you're not going to be able to do it all at once. Yeah. Do what you can as you go along and then it becomes mm-hmm. habitual. So then yeah. you don't even think about these things that you've been doing for 6 months now. Now yeah. you're on this thing and you're like you're trying to transition to this method of doing things or this way of doing things. And so it's just one thing at a time, whatever you can do helps tremendously because it's, you know, something as simple as the water filter on the sink or the water filter in the shower. Like you're going to notice those differences immediately. You're going to, the water you drink is going to hydrate you if it's good water. That's one thing that I notice is like you have a million options at the gas station of water. You pick one of them and it's like almost none of them give you that hydration feeling. There's a, there's a select few that are, that are pretty decent, but it's still in plastic bottles. Yeah, yeah. So you're still getting toxified that way. But you notice almost immediately when you make these little changes, how drastically that one little thing or you think was a little thing affected your life. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, the, the chlorine in the shower, um, it's, you know, it's, it's steaming up and then you're inhaling yeah, it. Yeah. It's awful. And it's getting through your skin. Yeah. That's very awful. It's very sad. Very sad thing. But one thing at a time and yeah, make progress towards whatever your goal might be, whether it's detoxifying your body, detoxifying your house. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's something too is like 
cleaning chemicals. Oh, you yeah. know, look, look at the paint that you're using on your walls. Look yeah. at the chemicals that you're spraying on your countertops. Look at the dish soap that you're washing your dishes with. All those things can be so seem so minor, but have mm-hmm. a drastic difference on your life. Tell you my neighbors. So we this uh, elderly French couple moved here, moved in under us, and um, so she was away. the The, the lady was away um, in France for like three weeks or whatever. So this dude, he started painting the house, and he just tanked up the damn building. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ! Is he? He's like I'm standing on my balcony, and I get these horrible fumes, and like, he, dude. He was living there, and she came back from her whatever trip to to France, and so he painted the house, and like if I hadn't opened like a uh, a door in kind of to to create a, a, a flow of air kind of near the front door of the building, they wouldn't even have bothered to do that. So like my kid is going up and down the stairs, you know, like I was like running up and down like with her like huddled like a football, like running like, like to the football. <laughs> Let's go 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 go, <laughs> and. Like for weeks and weeks, the stench, uh, you could smell it for like at least four or five weeks. And dude, they were there this whole time. Just living in there, living inside this house. And then I remember one morning um, I saw they had had left their um, garage door open, wide open. So I went up to my wife and like, I think. I think the solvents are starting to get to the Frenchies, and they're very nice people. And I, I you know, not, no, I'm not being a dick, but I was like, I think the Frenchies starting to to get some of them solvents, you know. But they're like, he's the guy's 75. He looks amazing. He speaks English well, and um, and then it was the thing with the roundup. She had like, I think she had ants in her little garden there, and she, I see these blue powders getting sprayed, and I, I, I could see her this fucking spray bottle with roundup so dude i just one day i was like this fucking shit has to stop right now i'm nipping this shit yeah. in the bud i came here i went on not on google translate d d e d e p l translate depot uh it's um i believe it's better than google unless google owns it anyway don't use google products guys listening um so i i wrote them this big ass letter a4 size and I gave them a copy of my book, and I dog-eared the page on glyphosate. And I, you know, I went there, and like, I, I, like I, I wanted to like nip this in the bud forevermore. So I was like telling my wife, should I just leave it there, ring the bell, or should I put it in the post box? She's like, no, don't be so passive. That the, 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 you don't want them to misconstrue it as passive aggress- uh, aggressive. So I just knocked on the door, and I just said, look, if if she she doesn't speak English, I'm just gonna like le poupou through it you know je m'appelle claude all that jazz (laughs) (laughs) but anyway he he opened the door and i was very nice about it and the next morning she was there with the hose you know rinsing off that blue crap for the ants and um anyway so because um you know people are just completely unaware dude I, i i was even like i wanted to write them dude i like these people they're very nice like on easter they brought her a little chocolate bunny and stuff they left it by the door very nice folks um, I even wanted to write them another fucking A4 size letter about the paint and the fumes. And look, if you want, to, <laughs> if you need some supplement recommendations to support your antioxidant systems, you know, I can help you out. And but I, I figure, you know, at this age, you know, you, you can barely get people in their thirties to to grasp some of the stuff we're talking about. Never mind, you know, folks that are super set in their ways. Yeah. 
Big time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you can't, I bring up my grandma as an example. Um, she, she was listening to our podcast when we first started, you know, I think she listened to probably 10 episodes or something. Nice. And every, every time I'd see her, uh, she'd be like, man, that's really interesting what you guys were talking about. I mean, it, it got me thinking, got me thinking. And Epic. I just, I can't come to grips with it because of the way I was brought up, my religion, right. my religious beliefs. Like, I, I just can't believe in it because of that. It's like, man, you're telling me it's so interesting. It got you thinking and it's great points that I'm, that we're bringing up, but you're admitting that you're stuck in that indoctrination. Like, yeah. what should that tell you? It should tell you, Hey, maybe this isn't the case. <laughs> Like if, if this, if what my grandson is saying and his friend are saying is making me question my whole upbringing in this religion, why, why would I still follow it or follow it the way I was following it? You know, that's I, one I don't of my know fears. why I can't click. That's one of my fears of being, getting older and being like that where evidence and, you know, facts and stuff will not change my mind, become that rigid in my thing. I, I really... That's one of my biggest fears, man. I don't, I don't see you being like that at all. Hopefully, hopefully, not at all. I mean, I, I feel like you've had a pretty open mind all your life, and you still have an open mind. It, it's the same with us. I mean, we don't. <clears throat> our ideas might change from this episode to the next episode. It, it's, yeah, that's how you have to be because it, nobody knows any truth. Yeah, you know, definitively, there's no truth definitively out there. It's you have conversations or uh, studies showing this, and then this person over here is having a conversation and doing a study that shows this, and it's the opposite of what this person yeah. was saying. And it's like who's right, who's wrong? Yeah, man. maybe there's a middle ground. Who knows? Absolutely. It's. I mean, uh, that's Brandon, one thing I I learned from the health research I've done is that. People have different genetics, different backgrounds, different everything, different metabolic sort of um, um, idiosyncrasies. And what works for you might not work for me. Like some people genuinely are able to thrive on a vegan diet, vegetarian diet. Other people mm -hmm. can eat raw meat. Other people can fast, you know, uh, once a week. Other people have to eat every three hours or they've collapsed. And, you know, we, we have to sort of just kind of accept that i think that's one of the biggest one of the biggest sort of challenges for the ego i suppose is to accept people as different and that it, it's okay that they're different and you won't change them and that's okay yeah for sure and that's something i brought up tim james last time but that's something he hits on pretty hard is is trying to stray away from the uh standardized medical system, the generalized medical system, you know, be your own doctor, know your body, know what food helps you the most curbs your hunger the fastest and, and for the longest, know what exercise is proper for your lifestyle, for your body style. Um, know what, uh, I don't even want to say pharmaceuticals because everybody should stay away from those. Yeah. Uh, but know what supplements 
yeah you need because your your body is lacking this protein or or this uh enzyme you know whatever the case may be mm-hmm. whatever you're lacking you have to know your own body you have to study that because it's not a one size fits all and that's mm-hmm. what the medical system has become is here's your symptom list all right in my book it says this is what you have yeah. this is the medicine to prescribe i don't know shouldn't say medicine this is the, the drug, the drug yep. to to prescribe uh, it should work for you, but it, that, that's not the case as you, you were saying. And as yep. Tim James says, and as a lot of other health experts say is like, you need to know your own body. You need to know what works because it's not, I, you know, if I eat a steak, 12 ounce steak, I might be full. If Danny, eats a 12 ounce steak, no he, way I'm full. he might not be full. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. everybody is so individualistic that it needs to be taken into account like that. It can't be. Totally. the list of of symptoms or the list of whatever and then here's your here's your drug it needs to be studied on a deeper basis of having a relationship with your doctor um you know knowing more about your body than your doctor knows because that's how it is most of the time is like oh, yeah. your whatever's on your medical file your doctor knows more about your body than you do because nobody pays attention to their own body mm-hmm. it's something we're lacking but it should be that that symbiotic relationship where you know what your body does, how it reacts to this, how it reacts to that. You go into that doctor and he knows you on a person, he or she knows you on a personal level. It's like, oh, okay, let's try like a a lavender oil or something, or let's try some mint for this or, Mm. you know, something like that instead of, like I said, the symptom list, drug list. Here you go. Plug and play. They just, they, now it's online. They just, they're, Go- almost googling shit i remember i had these little skin tags that my, my wife was, oh we just started dating with my wife and she's like go go get it checked out i'm like oh jesus christ like i i almost never I haven't been to the doctor like maybe maybe okay i was that went to that her for that to the doctor i've been to the doctor like two three times maybe in the last 15 20 years you know that's kind of, <laughs> i'm that kind of guy just don't <clears throat> don't trust the man and um i went there and yeah she was like like on her computer, like like literally, what anybody can do, dude. Any yeah, you can teach a monkey to do to just Google shit and like anyway. It's I, I got a I got a fun sort of anecdote to share about um I just discovered some some stuff about my genetics and my wife's genetics, but um it's it's a little bit of a long story, so we don't really have time today because um, you know baby stuff beckons. Um, so next time we talk, I'll, I'll share that story with you. It's pretty interesting, actually, about specific genes, food interactions, and how they're different for me and my wife, and how we ha- she has an aversion to certain foods that I have a great love for, and we're always fighting about, I want more, and she wants less in the meal, in the soup or the stew or whatever. Anyway, it's okay, a long story. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, guys, as we wrap up... I. Thank you, first of all, for your time, guys. Uh, love thank our conversations. Yeah, thank um, you for this. Yeah, I just want to ask you uh, my solution for my solution stock segment that will eventually start getting published. I promise. I keep threatening it will start getting published. But uh, <laughs> we're all about my- that here. <laughs> <laughs> wait, if people think I'm like disorganized and shit and whatever else, wait till you have like wait. I have two more podcasts published. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Probably <laughs> I won't even know. I've, I would have never have met my guests coming on the show. Be like, okay, hi, my name is Chris. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> it's gonna be fun. I, I I'm really excited about it. Um, 
and you're gonna be on at least one of those podcasts. So anyway, I appreciate that. The so for the solutions talk the, the segment, the question is, <clears throat> you know, you can both tackle the question. Uh, what are you doing that others can do also to increase their freedom, self-reliance, autonomy, and or resilience to the challenges that we face this decade and beyond? Um, I think you have to not focus so much. I think we talked about this last time. Focus so much on the propaganda that the media is spewing out. Um, find what works for you personally. Um, basically ignore, you know, the energy, energy harvesting, like bad news, like school shootings, all that stuff. Focus on yourself. Like Brandon Thomas says, tend your garden. Um, and you'll find, I mean, just that little thing alone will make you so much happier. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily like fighting the system. It's kind of, I feel like to fight the system, you have to work on yourself first, 100%. Mm. Um, so yeah, just get your mindset positive, um, manifest, all that. What do you think, Spencer? Uh, I'd say for me, <clears throat> something that I've been doing is yes, like Dan is saying, pulling my attention out of certain things, putting my attention into different things and in my opinion more important things than what the mainstream is putting out there but a, a huge huge thing for me has been figuring out my body um you know i i figured out and it was kind of a long process but i i hardly need to eat like my body can function and i can go about my day and do my work i i don't struggle with it my body can function on very little food. So then I'm not, that's one thing that's hugely beneficial because I'm very conscientious of what I'm putting in my body. And so I'm not having to eat and eat and eat because I'm eating empty calories. It's like, I know what works for me. I eat that. I'm full for most of the day and I eat whatever else I need to eat that I've figured out. Um, and I, you know, i my metabolism is super high. So I'm burning off everything that I'm putting in. Uh, I'm, I'm doing physical work. Uh, I'm getting exercise, burning it off in that way. And like I said, it, it's, I don't need that much to have energy to do it. Uh, the next thing I'm working on is like trying to figure out how much sleep my body needs. So that's, that's a hugely beneficial thing to improving the quality of your lifestyle oh, yeah. uh in your life in general just because once you figure that out um it helps with grocery bills so then you're saving on some money here and there uh it helps with i don't know the toxification of your body i guess because you're not putting it you don't have to put in as much junk food to feel full once you figure out what works for you what food makes you full for the longest uh, and then going along with that, another big switch up for me was keeping the mentality that I am happy, I am healthy, and I am strong. Those three things run through my head every single day on a loop. I am happy, I am healthy, I am strong. And with that, going a little deeper, it's it's like 
the health part of it. I am healthy. Nothing that is out there can affect me. Maybe besides physical trauma, physical injury, things like that. But sickness, no. I, I mean, I, I get a you know a sore throat or a stuffy nose or something, and I, I know exactly what it's from. It's the, the environment I work in. It's like I'm breathing in mm. pretty bad shit. So okay. I had a, a sore throat for a couple of days this last week and it's starting to heal up because I'm, I haven't been at work. Uh, yeah. but I know exactly why it's because of that. So having that mentality, it's like, I, the last time I was truly sick and I didn't know why was 2018. Um, last year, uh, September ish, I started taking this detox product and it, it gave me, what was that? You know, if you don't mind me asking, uh, it's called super soldier. It's on Tim James chemical free body website. Yeah, uh, our friend Pat Militich is a, he's, he's in the group that worked on that and put that supplement out. So it's a, a humic fulvic acid. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it works pretty, pretty well. Interesting. Uh, it's kind of the after product of uh, black oxygen, if you've heard of that. I have not, but I know humic and fulvic acid. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, I, I took that and I started taking that and it gave me quote unquote symptoms of being sick, but I know that was my body oh, detoxing yeah. that shit out because yeah, I'm taking yeah. a, a detoxifier. Uh, so that was like a, a day or two of sweating shit out, pooping, and, and I never threw up, but like, poop a bunch of stuff out, pee a bunch of stuff out, sweat a bunch of stuff out. After that, I felt wonderful. Nice. Uh, but the last time I was, you know, truly sick was, well, no, was it 2018? No, it might've been, I think it was just before COVID actually. And I didn't know what, what was going on. So that might've had something to do with that. But yeah, that was the last time I was sick and I didn't understand why, but I switched my mentality to that. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm strong. Nothing outside of myself can affect what's inside here because it is healthy. It is strong and it is strong enough to fight whatever toxins come in. It is strong enough to fight whatever poisons or chemicals or whatever may be thrown at me. My body is strong enough to fight that. And we know the placebo effect is a very mm. real thing and a very provable and strong thing that exists within the human psyche. And so just having those thoughts, whether it's placebo or it's actually doing something either, or it is doing something, it is having an effect and it is presenting my body kind of, you know, tricking, I guess, if you want to put it, tricking my body into saying, oh, that, ah, we'll just get rid of it. We don't need it. We're strong enough to fight it off. We'll just get rid of it. So Love those that. are the main three things for me. Love that, bro. I got sucked into what you were talking about there was two things that came to mind that was i wanted to mention but i forgot so that's okay <laughs> no we will we, we'll continue the conversation this is this is um yeah yeah okay this is what i wanted to kind of uh maybe finish up on i want to like for the for the listeners you know i want to just sort of underscore that just because we talk about serious stuff and there's a lot of sad stuff going on doesn't mean that we in our day-to-day -day life we have to be like that hopefully people listening you know so, some that needed to hear it some maybe are you know woken up to some certain things um 
others, you know, maybe we're preaching to the choir. Hopefully, a lot of our listeners are already aware of these things. But like in our, at least I, I can see for you guys, it's probably the case as well, especially from what you just said, Spencer. But in my daily life, I'm a happy, happy, positive guy, and um, you know, there's a lot of joy, a lot of cracking jokes and stuff like that. So we just because we're covering heavy topics, you know, doesn't you know we cannot we cannot be such weak-minded children like that to recoil at anything that is a little bit oh it's it's lowering my vibration i you know it's uh, what the fuck is this new age garbage <coughs> you have to you have to embody the 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 light and the dark the yin and the yang you know the positive the negative that is what a a full whole human being is supposed to embody Mm -hmm. so let's just grow the fuck up and you know i'm sure many people may have you know at one point because we're two hours into it some people be like oh jesus christ are you just gonna talk about this but you know it's come on the adults are talking here you know what i mean and i'm sure a lot of people listening to us that are still here understand that and i you know have great respect for you people still here with us because you know we're finishing on a positive topic and now i'm gonna go and sing lullabies and you know do do that stuff and none of this i will not carry any of this the the, the negative aspects that we talk i will not carry that with me you know well i mean other than beating my wife but you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's used she's used to that I can't, i'm joking i'm joking for the for the AI that's kind of listening to the conversation here and logging everything, I have yeah. just that was a joke. The AI and the Google and everything. I'm John Bezos, Elon Musk, all of you guys, your dicks. Um, anyway, guys, uh, we I will catch you next week for the other podcast, which we will probably be promoting on this podcast. But anyway, whoever is listening here, by the time you hear this it will be the future. And we have come from the past to save you. Just kidding. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Guys, I'm tired. I woke up early today. But type in Children's Health Podcast and you see my face, see my name there. That will be a new podcast. And, um, you know, we're going to have a ton of cool stuff. So if you're a parent or you know parents, share that with folks. Um, And yeah, Dan and Spencer are going to be on next week and it should be airing in a week or two after that. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Guys, uh, once again, thank you for, for joining me today on the Connecting Minds podcast. If there's any closing thoughts, please share them uh, just in case there's something left unsaid. Yeah, I know. I uh, just wanted to hit on the point you were talking about how you're not going to bring this to your outside life now. You know, you're on here, we're talking about some heavy things and they are sad. There are heavy, sad things that we talk about. But that that was another thing for me that was a huge change is like getting rid of social media, not paying attention to those negative things, but also not carrying those negative things that I hear about for more than, you know, five minutes or so. I don't I don't let things stress me out. I don't bring work home and I don't bring home to work. It's if something happens at at work and it pisses me off, you know, go home, get it off my chest, talk for 10, 10 minutes or whatever, and then be done with it. Yeah. Don't carry that stress. Don't don't carry that trauma with you because then it just builds and feeds. You know, most people when something bad happens, it ruins their whole day. 
they go to bed thinking about it. They wake up the next day. It's still on their mind. And it just festers and festers to the point where it starts having physical health effects. You're not sleeping as well so that, you know, your body's drained from energy. Uh, You know, mental trauma can manifest physically in some way, shape or form. You know, you might not realize it, but that's that's been proven. It's been studied where you're letting this trauma fester and then you might start limping on one leg or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, it physical, it physically manifests. So huge, huge point that you brought up is just don't carry that shit with you. Yeah. Let it go. Um, it's, it's not, it's not that drastic that it's something that needs to be on your mind for a day or two days or a week or three weeks. That's how Mm. you get into, to depressive slumps and it just continues dragging you downward. Remember, you're a being of light experiencing yourself in a semi-crystallized form for a very short period of time relative to your most likely eternal existence. You are a thought in the mind of the creator and you are always safe. And that's it, you know, like you have to remind yourself of that. And, you know, fear, anxiety, all these things, you know, they just melt away when you remember that. Yeah. Awesome, man. This was a great conversation. Um, I can just send you the links. I don't have to plug them here. I'll just send you the links. Oh, in Jesus email. Christ. I'm so stupid, guys. Just, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Tell the listeners where they can find you, of course, guys. I'm sorry. It's complete. Okay. Got so throw there in the last couple of days. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So any new listeners out there, uh, if you want to come support us on our journey, we would really appreciate it. If you want to find us on free feeds, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Those are the big three, but we're on a lot of different pod podcasting apps. Uh, so just search Spencer Serenade. We'll you can find us course. on our membership uh, page on Patreon, which we put out extra bonus content. You get access to episodes early. You get a shout out from us. Um And the last thing is anybody out there that's listening, uh, take a listen to our show if you're, if it intrigues you, but if you want to be on the show, we are not at all against having anybody on. It's if you think you have important knowledge to share with our listeners and our, our group of people, let us know, right, right into the email. It's, uh, Spencer serenade at gmail.com. So right in there and just let us know what you want to talk about, whether you want to talk about something esoteric or solutions. If you're an expert on secret societies, that's a new portion we started doing this year, but anything like that, just let us know. We are not against having anybody on. And the last thing to plug is, uh, check our Instagram page out. Spencer's underscore serenade. Um, check it out, follow it, share it. If you like our show, please, please help us grow. I mean, it doesn't take much, a buck or two here or there. It, it doesn't take much For sure. to show support. So sure. donate to Christian show as well. I mean, like I said, it, it's the the value for value model that Brandon Thomas talks about. It's donate a buck or two here or there. It's not about the monetary value. It's more about the gesture. Like, hey, I'm here for your mission. Here's a buck. Uh, you know, I'll get you more whenever I am well off enough to do that or whatever the case may be. It, it's you know, value for value. Christian's putting out valuable information. Uh, he does 
countless hours of research, I'm assuming, to get good information and study these types of things. And that that's time consuming, everybody. That's that's mentally straining. Um, you know, we're going through some heavy, heavy subjects here. And I, mm. I think this needs to be spread more. It needs to be appreciated more rather than donating to Netflix, because that's what yeah. most people do, <laughs> donate their money to Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever the case may be, you know, donate and support more important things that are going to change your life rather than just keep you stagnant in your life. Yeah. So I'll leave the listeners with that. Thanks guys. Thanks again. And we'll have you you. on soon. Of course. Looking forward to it.